Welcome, welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1, featuring Bay Area Sports Insight. Now, here's your host, Jimmy B. Good morning, sports fans, and welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show. I'm your host, Jim Barron. Today is Saturday, the 28th of January. You are in the gymnasium as we get ready to break down the two huge football games tomorrow, as well as talk about the Lightning. What a great week they had. Go to JimmyBSports.com, shoot me an email. We'll break down some emails here shortly. The number here, 877-448-7901. We'll be right back to kick off the show on Power 90.1. Do you use the expensive blue or yellow pills to charge your sex life? Are you thinking about it? What if we can promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? Stop overpaying and call right now. Paid for by Steel Man Pills. 800-750-9886. 800-750-9886. 800-750-9886. That's 800-750-9886. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. How about the Lightning this week? If you like Lightning hockey, this past week was probably a glimpse into the playoff season. They had two great games against Minnesota and then also against Boston uh, Thursday night. If you look at both those games, our defense cut down on any errors that we've been having in the past and the players that we rely on were out there in full strength ready to play and it looked like playoff hockey to me in both of those games I think they're the two best games of the year and I've been watching most of the games and I think that if you break it down right now the uh, the Lightning are 31 and 15 in the Atlantic Division, 63 points. And on the power ratings, uh, let me tell you, I had them at four last week. I had them at number two right now. Of course, Boston's number one. They're still having an outstanding season. And although we were able to you know, beat them on Thursday night, they have a very, very good team. And they're going to be ready for the playoffs. And they're going to remember this game. And it's going to be interesting. And that's what hockey's all about. But the whole team, you can go up and down the line on the game against the Wild. Kurt, uh, Kucherov had a great game in that one. In the 4-2 victory and then against Boston, uh, he had another great game along with Hedman who had a goal and he lifted the uh, lightning over to Bruins. I think that was their 11th straight victory at home, I believe. And again, another sellout. The fans were there going crazy. I'll tell you what, though. There are so many Boston fans there. It's it's a little bit disheartening, I, I will say. Although, I guess what it does, it's never really quiet because... Boston fans are cheering when the Lightning fans aren't and vice versa. So I guess you do have some good cheering going on the whole hockey game. But I prefer if it was 85% Lightning fans versus, you know, probably 65% when some of these better teams come to the Amelie and show up. But saying all that, if you look at the game, we got off, we were never behind. I believe we were up one nothing. Then oh, it was tied at one one. Then two to one. Then two two. We actually. 
played a great defensive game, cut down on the mistakes that we had earlier in the season. The defense is really starting to come into their own. Vasilevsky, I thought, played probably one of his better games of the season. And don't forget, a lot can be said for the play of Boston's goal. He's having a great season. But you have to look at it. He only has had two playoff games under his belt where Vasilevsky has been playing probably... He's only 28 years old, but he has played more playoff games than I think most people at his position have. I have to go back and get the stats, but he's been around for a while. Vasilevsky is tried and tested, and my money's on him once the playoffs come. And to win hockey playoffs, which I think is the grueling... It's a grueling four-series, seven-game series you have to win. Probably the hardest of all the sports championships, in my opinion, to be victorious in. You have to have a good defense and a very hot goalie. And it seems every time you get into the Stanley Cup playoffs, you have Vasilevsky, who was there, reporting, ready for business, and he shuts the other team down. Again, two goals he gave up against the Wild, two against um, Boston. So the team stats, if you look at the team stats right now, I think Point has 27 goals so far this year, leading the team. Kucherov over 50 assists, 51 to be exact. Kucherov, 71 points that the team up and down you can they're really gelling they're really coming together and if you look at the way that Cooper mixes up the lines especially in the third period what he calls the the blender lineups he mixes them all up uh, he knows what he's doing he's the longest tenured coach in the NHL right now and he finds a way to get this team to respond he knows what buttons to push and I think that you know you look at the the minutes the, the plus and minus minutes um the players across, whether it's the first line, second line, third line, they're all in there doing their job. You look at you look at Kalorn, you look at Stamkos, you look at what per- Corey Perry, you look at all these guys that are on the offensive side and defensive side, Sergachev, Hedman. Um, they're all in there doing their jobs. And that's what it takes when you're playing some of these top-notch teams. If you look at the game against Boston on Thursday night, we did a great job of checking. Cernak was all over the place. Uh, Even though Maroon was a little bit banged up, he was in there fighting as well. And uh, of course, Corey Perry, great game against Minnesota, if you remember. Colton up there, he he had a good game as well. So, uh, you look at, I, I'm going to read an email here. It's from Tom in Plant City. Jim, who do you think the MVP of the Lightning is so far this season? Uh, I'll say this. You look at this team across the board. I'm going to say Braden Point. He's the person. He's the glue on this team. He leads the team in goals with 27, like we mentioned before. He's got 24 assists, 51 points overall on the team. Only people that have more than him are Stamkos with 56 and then Kucherov with 71. But the thing about Braden Point is that when he gets... 
the puck. He can take it from the defensive end of the ice. And when he gets going, by the time he crosses the center line, you can't slow him down. Uh, you have to really get two people to get in front of him. His speed is just unbelievable. And I still say that if he was healthy last year in the Stanley Cup Finals, we would have won the third cup in a row. Unfortunately, it doesn't always work out that way. But he is someone that I think is the person that we can least afford to lose on this team at this point because he does seem to make everyone else play even better. You say that, then you have Stamkos, again, scoring over the 500 goals in his career. He had that accolade last week. Um, I'll tell you, the most fun person on this team to watch, in my opinion, is Kucherov. Whether he's out there, if you need a goal, I mean, he has 20 goals this season, but 51 assists, he is just a wizard when it comes to finding the open person on the ice there. Whether it's a power play scenario, whatever it might be, if, if the chips are down, you can count on Mr. Kucherov to... Um, Go out there and find a way to put some points on the board for the Lightning. I'm going to take another email here. Louise from, it looks like Sarasota, saying, does it matter if we don't have the home ice advantage in the playoffs? And if so, if Boston has it, for example, will it matter that much in hockey? Well, that's a good question, Louise. I do think that the home ice has a distinct advantage. Like I said, we've won 11 straight here at home. But when you get to that situation in the Stanley Cup playoffs, I think that by that time, the teams know each other very well throughout the season. And if it would come down to, say, a seven-game series between Boston and the Lightning, Boston would have the, the home ice advantage, obviously, with the better record. But, you know, you're looking at it as a 2-1-1-1, I believe it is. So it isn't that much of a disadvantage to the team that doesn't have the home ice, except for that seventh game. And most likely what happens during the series is that someone does steal one, usually the third or possibly the fifth game, and then it takes the home ice array. So I don't think it has that much of a uh, importance in the playoffs. Again, that's, that's a great question. But the Lightning across the board, um, and it's still the best ticket to go to in town if you <laughs> want my opinion because you look at the fans that go there, the atmosphere inside Emily there, inside, outside on the um, people outside enjoying the game on the big screen. Uh, just It's just a uh, very tremendous place to be when the Lightning are home. So if you have a chance, go out there and uh, catch one of the games. We're going to take a quick break, come back, and break down the NFL. Two big games tomorrow. We'll be right back to keep the show going on Power 90.1. The Property Shop, your one-stop shop for all of your real estate needs. Looking for homes for sale or rent in the Tampa market? Text HOMES to 71441. That's HOMES to 71441. The Property Shop is a full-service realty and management company with a team of partners to give you that extra peace of mind. The Property Shop is truly your one-stop shop, providing stellar service in all areas of realty. And right now, new home buyers will receive a one-year home protection warranty for that extra peace of mind on your next big purchase. More info online at the Property 
PropertyShopUSA.com or 813-655-5000. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Sports fans, welcome back. Tomorrow, two big games. You have the NFC Championship at 3 o'clock. The 49ers are playing at the Eagles. And then, of course, that's followed up by Cincinnati at Kansas City. I'll tell you what, say what you will about the NFL playoffs, but the top four teams in the league are still playing. They got that part right. No surprises. In my opinion, the first game, you have 49ers at Philly. I think they're the two best defenses in the NFL. So that should be a low-scoring game, you would think, right? I don't know. Philly led the league in pass defense, 180 yards allowed per game, and the sacks, 70 during the regular season. And San Fran led the way in interceptions with 20 and were second in the rush defense, only allowing 79 yards per game. But a couple things about that. Let me tell you, when you have Jalen Hurts on Philadelphia running that RPO, which is the run-pass option, you put a whole different spin on what you have to do as a defense to stop the team because when you put Hurts in that position, all of a sudden it now becomes an 11-on-11 game. And I think Philly has the advantage when it comes down to that. And I'm going to say that, no, I know the 49ers, they've 27 straight games without allowing a rusher over 70 yards on the ground. I think you're going to see Hurts have over 79 yards on the ground if he needs to. He looked pretty good last week talking about Hurts. I was concerned about his shoulder and whether or not he was able to go out there and play to his top potential the way he did during the season. But it looked as though... There weren't any adverse effects. I'm sure that, uh, you know, all it takes is, is one hit for that all to change. But that's true with anybody on, on any team. Everything equal, if Hurts is healthy and he goes out there, I just think that Philly is a uh, better team all the way around as far as on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, as far as do, are they going to be able to stop Christian McCaffrey? You know what? I, I think they they could contain McCaffrey. He scored a touchdown in eight straight games, uh, so he's definitely a force out there. I think he's one of the better quote unquote football players in the NFL. He can catch the ball, he can run the ball, obviously, and he can throw the ball as well. You're going to probably see some wrinkles in the game. Um, one of the things I think you may see is a Philly special where Hertz actually catches a touchdown pass or a pass in general, but I think that's going to be on the, uh, the sheet there for a special uh, play. So put that one on your... Um, a FanDuel team. I also think that if you look at this game, you not only do you have a running game that the Eagles have, I think that goes sometimes unnoticed when you have the offensive weapons that Philly has, but they can run the ball. And to win a, a championship in the NFL, you need to be able, again, to do two things. You need to be able to run the ball and stop the stop the run on the other side. Philly can do both. San Francisco can do both as well. So it should be a low-scoring game if you look at it that way. But the one 
aspect of this game that stands out to me is the experience that Hertz has in some big games as compared to his counterpart, Brock Purdy, on the other side. Now, Purdy had a successful college career. Hertz did as well. Now, in the NFL, you see how fast that these players are. You can't get out to the edge and break away against these teams like they did in college. And that goes for Hurst as well. San Fran is a very, very fast and very physical team. That's why I think that the Eagles are going to come out in this game and go deep right away. I think they're going to spread the defense. They have to be able to make sure that San Fran is not loading up the line, making sure that um, Philly does want to run the ball. And they will run the ball, but they can also beat you on the pass. You have Goddard, you have A.J. Brown. So it just depends on which way Nick Sirianni wants to go. The Niners have struggled against mobile quarterbacks in the past. Keep that in mind. So... Um, this is a two and a half point spread right now. I do think that both of these teams obviously are the top two in the NFC. And I do look for it to be a um, very good game. I don't see a blowout on, on either side. I just think that overall Philly is a little bit of a more well-rounded team from top to bottom. Playing at home is going to give them a huge advantage, especially when the Phillies, play, the Phillies fans start um, getting on Brock Purdy. And here's the thing about Brock Purdy as well. He has played unbelievably. He came in there when Garoppolo got hurt this season, and he has not had a bad game. So... He's due for a bad game, and I, I, I want this to be a close game. I want to see a good game all the way around, but I think that um, Purdy is due for a subpar game, and for some reason I feel that he's going to be frustrated by the Eagles' defense. The pass defense, they've allowed the league's lowest quarterback rating, I think like only 33%, and the third lowest yards per attempt. So although San Fran has the weapons there with Debo Samuel, you have Kittles, the tight end across the middle, and of course the aforementioned uh, McCaffrey, I think that it's going to be a good game, but I think that Philly is going to be able to pull this one out and probably win by a touchdown. The second game of the day tomorrow is going to be at 630 that's going to be the number three seed, Cincinnati, at the Chiefs. It's going to be, obviously, Patrick Mahomes is going to be at home. And he led the NFL in quarterback rating with a 73 percentage. As you know, if you watched the game last week, he had that high ankle sprain. And he had to actually miss some of the game. He did come back. His uh, backup there, headache came in and uh, played very well, too. So... Everyone's saying that Cincinnati is going to win this game. Um, KC, I think, is a, a favorite by one right now. It's going back and forth. But I'm going to say this. You tell me that Kansas City is playing at home. Mahomes is going to play. Yes, Andy Reid said he's going to start. That's not a shocker. Uh, so he's going to be out there playing. Now, is he going to be as effective as he was all season long? That remains to be seen. I would have to guess that a lot of his mobility, or at least some of his mobility, is going to be curtailed there with his high ankle sprain. However, they have enough 
offensive weapons. He can drop back and he can pass the ball to many people on that in his in his huddle there. So I think that the ability for the Chiefs to catch and run after the catch has really stood out, especially on Mahomes' quick throws. So Kansas City has generated more yards after the catch than any team this season. So I think they're going to continue doing that. And inside the red zone, which is so important to be able to have the plays drawn up and to score, KC is one of the best with them. When you have Travis Kelsey... Now, you have someone that you can always rely on, and that's something that Mahomes does well. Now, is Mahomes going to be able to get outside and pick up a couple first downs if he has to? I'm not sure. He may not be able to, which may lend for a um, little bit of a distraction on that side of the ball. But on the other side, you have Joe Burrow, who... You know, the, just remember, Burrow and the Bengals have beaten Kansas City the last three games. And I saw some things this week, some, um, you know, bulletin board material, if you will, about calling Arrowhead Burrowhead Stadium and, and whatnot. And I'll tell you what, I probably wouldn't be saying too many things because Kansas City is a really good team. Cincinnati belongs in this game, don't get me wrong. But I think that when you have the team that Kansas City has playing at home, it's going to be loud there, no doubt, in, in Kansas City. And I think that uh, when you have... Patrick Mahomes, even at 70%, maybe 75%, I'm thinking um, I like their chances at home against Cincinnati. Again, it's really tough to beat the same team four times in a row. I think that when it's all said and done, um, Arrowhead Stadium is going to be main Arrowhead Stadium, and you're going to have Cincinnati going down to Kansas City in this game. I'm going to say that Kansas City pulls away and wins this game 27 to 20, which is going to uh, set up a Kelsey Bowl where you have Travis Kelsey of the Chiefs going against his brother, Jason Kelsey, the center of the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Would love to hear your thoughts. Number here is 877-448-7901. We'll be right back to keep the show going. You're listening to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Here's a real life story that affects 50% of all of us out there. It's called Divorce. If you've gotten divorced and now you're struggling to pay your bills and your credit card debts are completely out of control, you need to call this special debt relief hotline right now. We help people with all kinds of money problems caused by different life challenges, a divorce, a job loss, even heavy medical bills. Paid for by Debt.com. Call now at 800-810-4086. 800-810-4086. 800-810-4086. That's 800-810-4086. Now, now, 
back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. A little chilly here in the Tampa area the last couple days. This morning, a little chilly, but it's going to warm up perfectly this afternoon. If you're planning on heading out to Gasparilla, all the activities and festivities, it should be a great time. Good luck with the parking situation and, and be safe out there. Have fun. All the talk this past couple weeks has been, of course, what is Tom Brady going to do? Is he going to come back and play another year for the Bucks? Is he going to retire? Is he going to come back and play for a different team next year? I think a lot of it comes down to who the offensive coordinator is going to be. Of course, you know, Byron Leftwich was relieved of his duties a week or so ago, which leaves an opening. Now, since last week, they've talked to us, uh, several different people to fill that position. They, they talked with uh, former wide receiver Keenan McCardell. If you remember him, he was on the Super Bowl team. Um, when they won, uh, he's been coaching since 2010 as the Vikings wide receivers coach. So they spoke with him this past week. They've also talked with um, Jacksonville's game coordinator, passing game coordinator, Jim Bob Cooter, um, along with Clint Kubiak. And so the three different people that they have talked to and sources are telling me that um, they're going to be interviewing Todd Monken next week. Um, he used to be um, a former coach of the Bucks and the Browns offensive coordinator. So that's going to be interesting. I think of all the people, they obviously I don't think have found the right person. That's why they're still interviewing people right now. So I think that if you look at the situation, the question does come back. Is Brady waiting to see who the offensive coordinator is going to be? Or do you think he's already made up his mind? Um, and that's a question that only Brady really knows the answer to. But the one thing that I hope the Bucks are able to achieve in short order is that they come to terms with who they want as the offensive coordinator irregardless of Brady staying or going. Because right now, the way I see it, Brady's going to do what's best for him. He's a, you know, he's had a fantastic career, obviously, no doubt about it. You can say he's the best quarterback of all time if you want. That's a great argument for that. Brady's also a very good businessman, and he's going to do what's best for Tom Brady, which there's nothing wrong with that. The Bucks on the same side have to do what is best for the Buccaneers. Now, will Brady sit down and realize of all the choices and places that he has to go and play next year if he wants to play? Uh, is there going to be someplace better for his chances to win a ring? Because that's really all he wants to do is, is play for a Super Bowl championship. Or would it be someplace else? Or will it be here with Tampa? Are they going to get the band back and uh, put it back together and go out there and uh, compete? Now, I'm not sure we're going to be able to do that with some salary cap issues. So... I think it's going to really come down to right now what the Bucks. I'm sure they've sat down. I'm sure they have given Brady a time frame of when they would like him to give them his answer, whether or not he intends to be returning. But again, I think the Bucks need to go out there, find the best possible candidate and not look at the best candidate of who Brady would like, but who what person 
fits the spots, checks off the box where the Bucks want to go next year. They need to run the ball. They need to have a more balanced running attack. So I'll be looking at a coordinator that um, has a good history and track record of putting together a run game. Because in order to have a good passing game, you need to be able to balance that with a ground attack, which we haven't been able to do this year, as you saw by our record. So I think that as we go out there and look for different people to fill these gaps, it's going to be essential that we put the right person in there or else we're going to have the same issue. If you go and put any offensive coordinator in there just to fill it and you keep Tom Brady, Tom Brady is going to still be calling the plays of what he wants no matter who that offensive coordinator is because no first-year coordinator is going to come in here and tell Tom Brady, um, to not audibleize and to run the plays that he's drawing up versus what Brady wants to do. So I think in order of importance, it's one, find the best person for this team. And number two, then find out if Brady's coming back. And if he is, then go ahead and sit down and try to put things in place for next year. We'd love to hear your thoughts on that. 877 877- Four four eight seven nine zero one. You can also go to jimmybsports.com and email me. I'm going to look at an email right now. Travis from Tampa. Do you think the Bucks are better off not letting Brady come back if he doesn't want to? Do we need Brady back to be competitive for 2023? Well, first of all, Brady, uh, Travis Brady is going to come back to play if he thinks it's in his best interest to do so. Uh, It would be great for the NFL for Brady to continue to play. The question is, does he feel he still has enough in the tank to go out there and be competitive and play to a level that he's able to without getting compromised? Because what what I saw with Brady the last half of the season is that he played to not get hurt. It looked to me as though he was shying away from hits. Now, he's never been the most mobile quarterback even in his prime, don't get me wrong, but it looked to me as though he was more than ever trying to, you know, not get that late hit and, um, you know, being extra careful as as you could, was evident with that pass that he tried to throw away. He turned his whole body to not get hit and, you know, eventually he threw it to a defender in the end zone, in, in the in the red zone that killed one of our scoring plays. So, you know, if, if Brady thinks he's able to come back in the right situation, which leads me to think that I don't think Tampa is the right situation for him because what's going to change? You're going to bring in some offensive coordinator that's going to change everything that they've done? I, I don't see it. I really don't see it. Um I do think that when it comes down to it, unfortunately, for um, Bucks fans that are Brady fans, I think you're going to be looking at a different quarterback next year. That's just my thoughts right now. And, of course, um, that is just my uh, opinion. But we'd also love to hear what you have to say about it. You can email me, dbsports.com. Shoot me an email right from there. Uh, let me know what you think. We'll be right back. You are in the gymnasium on Power 90.1. Macaulay Fine Jewelry in the heart of Brandon has some exciting news. 
We will soon be in a new location in order to serve our valued customers even better. But don't worry, our new location is easy to find, just in the building behind our current location in what was formerly Carson's Optical at 201 South Kings Avenue. Same great staff, same great service and selection. And remember, now's the time to stop by our showroom and shop Macaulay Fine Jewelry for Valentine's Day for that special person in your life. That's Macaulay Fine Jewelry in the heart of Brandon. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, college basketball fans. Now, sad to hear that Billy Packer uh, passed away this, this week. I remember Packer and... Dick Enberg, uh, McGuire calling the games back in the day. Packer was one of the best of what he did. And, of course, the sports world is going to miss him. Talking about some college basketball. We're getting to the point now. March Madness is just around the corner. And we're going to be breaking down some games more and more each week here as we go. I think with Houston back to normal now after its win this past week at UCF, it appears that three out of the four number one seeds are pretty stable right now. We're going to break those down here in a second. That leaves the last four teams, Tennessee, UCLA, Arizona, and the Big 12 leader, you know, fighting for that final spot in the top line. So I think that the Vols and Alabama, they both enter today's games number one seeds. Uh, right now, if you look at teams on the bubble, I think that the last four in are Arizona State, West Virginia. I'd go with Pittsburgh and Wisconsin. Uh, the last four buys would probably be USC, I'm looking at Memphis, Maryland, and yeah, I think Kentucky. Don't count out Kentucky. All they have to do is get into the tournament as an at-large, and uh, they can give people trouble. I know a lot's been said about how poorly they've played this year. Calipari under pressure, but he's still one of the best coaches out there, in my opinion. And if you give Kentucky an inch, they will take it. So I do have Purdue as a one seed right now. In the South, I have Alabama as a one seed in the Midwest, Tennessee, the other one in the East, and Houston, of course, as a one in the West. We're going to be talking a lot more basketball. We'd love to hear your thoughts on what I think is one of the best times of the year when March Madness rolls around. We'd love to hear your thoughts on that. JimmyBSports.com. If you let me know what conference there's the one that you uh, like to cheer and follow. I'll try to do my best to uh, update you guys on that. Right now, the conference breakdowns you have, I think, according to my chart that I'm looking at, Big Ten has nine teams in the um, the tournament. Big 12 has seven. ACC has seven. The SEC has six. The Big East, five. And then it goes from there. So I think that... Um, it's going to be an interesting uh, last month here before the madness starts. Again, 877-448-7901 is the number. JimmyBSports.com or sports at power901.com. You get through that way. Get your email right on the show next week. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have, guys. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the football tomorrow. Let me know your thoughts after the games on who your prediction is for the Super Bowl. If you're heading out to Gasparilla, have a great time. Be safe as always. Stay safe. Stay 
vigilant, and above all, stay positive. We'll see you next week in the gymnasium on Power 90.1.